One, two, three. Do it. Oh, Case on a deep drop. Steps up in the pocket. He'll fire to the right side. Caught by Diggs. Stay up. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Right, right, right. We're coming back in for another edition of the Scolders Podcast. I'm the host, Ed Brown Marco, with me as always, my good friend, my compatriot, Mike Anderson. How are we doing tonight, Mike? I know uh, I know I didn't know the answer, but I'm gonna yeah. ask. Uh I'm just here so I don't get fined. Just here so I don't get fined. You know why I'm here, boss. Alright, yeah. so <clears throat> as you all know, watching this as a Vikings podcast. Vikings lose 23-26 to against the Kansas City Chiefs. But, Mike, before we get into that, as always, we're going to go around the league. We're going to check out the North Face. Going to see what we're up against here because uh might not be as bad a situation as, you know, it, it feels, I guess. Um, <clears throat> so, real quick, before we get into the league, this just happened. The Minnesota Timberwolves apparently are on a delay because of an unlevel basket. I didn't even know this was a thing. Uh, so, yeah, I saw that. I saw that come across Twitter as well, and I, I don't. We I think we've seen that once in the NFL where Gronk like did the whole spike the ball through the, um, the goalpost and knocked the goalpost off, so they had to relevel it there. But yeah. like, I've, I don't think I've ever seen that in a pro sport before. Yeah, I can't say that I have either. However, Shaq, when he was dunking so much, he actually caused a couple different rule changes. And he caused them to actually implement stronger, um, beefier basket um, holding arms because he kept on breaking them. Well, the so, more you know. Little tidbit for you there that uh, you're never going to use, but now it's in your brain because it was in my brain. So, yeah, there you go. All right, so getting into football. Um, yeah, the Dolphins are completely tanking, or I guess not. Yeah, uh, <laughs> they get a win. Uh... They're no longer winless, so it leaves one team left, Cincinnati, which we're not going to talk about. But, um, okay, I guess the, the Dolphins aren't tanking. No, I mean, actually, they've showed uh, some signs of life the last, I think, couple weeks. And, you know, they get a win. Uh, you know, you got to keep in mind there are people playing for, you know, their jobs throughout the coaching staff and, and uh, the players as well. And, and, obviously, even though you're looking to rebuild and probably have a ways to go, uh, you still need to potentially attract free agents and um, yeah, yep. you know, bring people in from that side of things. So, uh, yeah, that's shocking that they're, you know, they're uh, competing a little bit. So, yeah, they're competing. Um, maybe they'll put up a fight against the Patriots. I kind of doubt it when they play them again. But, you know, hey, whatever. Dolphins, you go do you. We'll, we'll see you in the draft. Um, Steelers putting up a fight. Uh I think we've said this the last couple of weeks. Uh, eight and eight might actually legitimately make a wild card in the AFC. That's how weak the AFC is, in my opinion, and I think also in yours. So, Steelers making a push for that. We'll kind of see how that shakes out. Um, right now, it's it's the Ravens' division to lose by far. So, right, yeah. Um, I think I thought that 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 Pittsburgh was going to make a run a little bit. Right, just look at Mike Tomlin. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't know that he's had a losing season. Uh, and you know, they got a lot of new faces there. They've had some injuries, um, this year included. So it looks like they're going to battle back, be in the race. Uh, you know, similar thing happening over the NFC as we're going to get to with the likes of maybe the Eagles, uh, a couple of teams that are just kind of, I guess, hardened, you know, might be the word and and they always hang around. So, uh, yeah, they're, they're going to be right there. I would think. Yeah, AFC is going to be interesting because you got a couple teams in that limbo: Steelers four and four, Colts five and three, Jaguars, Texans both four and five, Raiders four and four, Chargers four and five. So, <clears throat> I mean, if these teams turn it out at the right spot, you know, you sneak in there with a a wild card berth. Who knows what can happen? Um, right. So, next note here we got Seattle. Uh, man, barely getting out of there with a with the win versus Tampa Bay, taking all they can handle, which. I don't know, that was kind of surprising to me. Um, Tampa Bay seems like it's been kind of an up-and-down team. Sometimes throttling teams for 50, sometimes, you know, losing by 20. 
Right. So. Yeah, I, I think that's partially the Bruce Arians situation, right? Um, you know, comes in there, and, and we knew the defense had a chance to be, uh, you know, legitimate at times, and then you didn't really know what you're going to get on a week-in, week-out basis from Winston. Um, you know, they've got two, I think, two of the more prolific, at least fantasy receivers this year in, in Mike Evans and Godwin. Uh, they've broken a lot of people out of those pick-a-loser pools, and they, they nearly did it again this week. So, um, yeah, battled uh, battled right to the end and, and even into overtime against uh, Seattle, uh, who had already lost, I believe, twice at home this year. And, uh, you know, I, I guess the Vikings fan in me probably would have liked to see them lose, but... Uh, yeah, obviously for the, him, you know? for for the wild card chances and, and whatnot. I mean, it all it all comes into play. But um, we'll get into that in a second. I have, I have a couple notes I want to touch on with that. Um, but enough about that. So Browns, man, uh, God, Browns got to figure something out here. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know. What, I don't know what to do, man. Well, I mean, they they got to look ahead. I think to next year at this point, right? They're what two and six. Uh, yeah. Yep. So, I mean, yeah, you know, maybe you come in, you look at, uh, the players, the coaches, you have those meetings and you say, listen, there's basically zero margin for error. And I know they did have arguably one of the toughest, uh, schedules through, I think coming into this week. Um, but you know, just because your schedule gets a little easier, it doesn't mean it's necessarily going to translate to wins, right? You still have to play NFL teams on a week-in, week-out basis. Right. Uh, so I, I think, I mean, just full transparency, they're probably on to next year. And I would say it's probably the, the biggest disappointment across the NFL this year has to be Cleveland, right? Yeah, it, it's not a lack of talent. It's it, it just seems like it's a lack of coaching, lack of execution by the talent. Um Sometimes it's one of those things where you have so much high-profile guys, they don't really gel and, you know, allow themselves to be a good team member, um, which I think is one of the strengths of at least like the Vikings D-line, for instance. They don't care about their individual stats as long as the entire unit is doing well. Um, so, and I just, I, I don't necessarily think that uh, Cleveland has got those type of playmakers. Well, I mean, you've got obviously Odell. Um, it's kind of crazy to think that Odell uh, Beckham Jr., one of the best receiver. I mean, probably the best receiver in football from a talent standpoint, um, has almost been not startable from a fantasy perspective. You know, uh, right? So I don't know. I think that yeah, is it? You rarely see a one and done from a coaching standpoint, but to have the talent that they do on both sides of the ball. And then look at this fall from grace. Uh, I, I think I would probably be conducting some pretty in-depth interviews, and if those don't go the way you want it with the players and the, um, you know, just re- what they think of the coach and the in the scheme, I think I'd be looking elsewhere. I mean, with the talent you have, you think maybe six and ten, seven and nine is your floor with the amount of talent that they have. Um, so it, it, I think it's inexcusable from a coaching standpoint. Um, and uh, honestly, he should be fired in the next couple weeks here if it continues to go downhill. My opinion, just get it done, get the coaching search started. What is but, that? Would would that most likely be unprecedented? To I don't think a, so. A first year coach not even make it all the way through a season. I, I feel like not, but I mean, maybe. I don't know. Huh. But what what look that up because I I don't know. It's but they got to do something because there's too much talent there to. Just let it sit around and, and, and waste. Um, yeah. But enough about the Browns staying in that division, though. Um, Ravens proved that the Patriots had an extremely soft first first uh, eight games. I mean, I put out a tweet basically where the highest team, they, they, the highest offense, highest ranked offense they played against is 19th, and that was Cleveland. Yeah. I mean, nothing, nothing to disparage the Patriots because they're still a good team. Their defense is still good. But when you're playing basically the garbage tier of NFL offenses, yeah, your defense is going to look like a god. And now you play literally the second, arguably the first um, best offense in the NFL with Lamar Jackson. Yeah, you're going to get you're going to look like a fool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Lamar Jackson is is uh, you know much like Mahomes. 
um, really special uh, with with the athletic ability that, that they bring to the game. And, and Jackson even more so that he looks to run uh, a lot more often than a Mahomes. You know, Mahomes has ridiculous throws uh, all over the field. But, you know, I think Lamar Jackson was averaging like 83 yards a game as a quarterback coming into this. And um, really difficult rushing. for defenses. Yeah, rushing. And... Um, Certainly, they ended up uh, getting a big win against New England. It's really tough to go undefeated, right? We know that. Uh, I think that it also shows that if you can come in with the right game plan, uh, you know, realistically, any team, certainly the the mid level and higher, can beat anybody on on any given week. Um, so, you know, as we transition into the gloom here, you know, that is one of the the takeaways. Is is I think that. There's a lot of talent on these these top end teams, and and certainly Baltimore is, is included in that conversation. I believe we both picked them. I, I think I did for sure to win the North uh, this yep. year, and and uh, they look like one of the best teams in the AFC. Yeah, it, 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 to me, it's a three team race once Mahomes gets back between uh, Kansas City, um, Patriots, and, and the Ravens. I, I think it's going to be one of those three coming out of the AFC, um, and I wouldn't be surprised if. If New England gets absolutely throttled in that title game, well, I mean, I I would be surprised just with the the history and and how well prepared they always are and and how many times they've been there. But I, I get where you're coming from. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so that's that's it for around the league. Um. Now let's kind of zone into the North segment we call a North Face. Um. Yeah. Everyone lost, and three of them lost to AFC West opponents this week. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you have to just laugh at that. Just no one in the North wanted to take a step forward here at all. Uh, yeah, I mean, and you look at Detroit and Minnesota were certainly in uh, in their games. You know, even uh, I think Minnesota obviously the most, but Detroit was there at the end. Uh, one thing I will say is is Oakland is probably the biggest surprise for me on the, the positive side. I know. Um, I think I'm on record as saying they were going to be one of the worst teams in the league this year, and, and they've managed yep. to battle back to 500. Um, and they're right in the thick of things. You know, they're they're staring a potential wild card uh, berth in the face. So uh, I guess kudos to Gruden. I don't know how he's doing it, but um, plan must be working a, a little bit. And end up beating Detroit, uh, a team that has fluctuated all over the board on on expectations. Yep. Right, coming into the year, they were. Uh, High expectations didn't necessarily live up to it, but uh, they still put up fights in games that they realistically shouldn't have. Yeah, and then you start out, you know, what, 2-0-1, and and it's like, okay, you know, but then you you lose a game to the officials. Um, You know, Minnesota ends up beating you, and and now they're kind of in a a little bit of a predicament, and they're really going to have to pick it up, uh, especially in the NFC where, as we know, it's it's just a tough place to live right now if you're around that 500 mark. Looking forward, do you see um, <clears throat> Patricia's job being at all in jeopardy, or do you think they're on the right track? They just need to finish off putting it all together and just stay the course. Well, I think I see Patricia's job is safe. What what is concerning to me is uh, some of the moves they've made here mid season, um, and then the reaction that we got from a Slay and, and some of these other players. It just seems like the it's almost like the team doesn't feel that there's buy in from the ownership. Um, you know, obviously I, I'm not I don't have a great pulse on on the the greater Detroit uh, fandom and and how they feel about ownership and where the direction the team's going. But um, you know, just from seeing the players' reactions. Uh, that would be my only concern, but um, certainly, you know, if it, they get one more win, they're four, four, and one. Um, it gives you a real good opportunity to finish the year, uh, you know, above five hundred, which in the north right. is is probably a hell of a year. And it's, you know, I, I think that you can build on that, but you got to make sure that ownership, you know, that the players are trusting the ownership in the direction that it's going. Right, right. I think I agree with you on a lot of those points. Um, I think it, I think it matters how they finish the year, like you said. It, <clears throat> if they can approach five hundred, maybe even eight, seven, and one, you're sitting there. I think you're happy with that, and and you you just look forward to uh, drafting. We'll have another good off season, adding more pieces to this, and seeing what you have for twenty twenty. Yeah. But 
as far as it goes for 2019, I don't see them contending for the North. I don't see the mm. Bears contending for the North. Um, so, rolling right into there, Bears lose to the Eagles. Um, Eagles still trying to make a push for that uh, division. They're barely behind Cowboys. If the Cowboys lose tonight, um, they're going to be tops of the NFC East. Yeah. Yeah, Eagles, a team that, for me, right, they just, they're not going to die. Um, the coaching they have there and, and just the experience from the Super Bowl a couple of years back. Uh, I just, I don't see that team rolling over and dying. Um, it's just, it's not really what they do. Uh, certainly this, this, you know, the team, the recent Eagles team. Um, and then you've got a Bears team where there's clearly a lack of trust in the quarterback play. There's a lot of question marks on the offensive side of the ball. Um, and it just seems like, uh, I don't know, the Bears are, are trending in the wrong direction right now. Really curious to see, uh, you know, what they do in the offseason. You've got to imagine they move on from Trubisky and, and bring in a, a Teddy Bridgewater and Andy Dalton, right. someone of that nature. But, um, yeah, two teams that I think are, are going in the opposite directions right now in the Eagles and Bears. Absolutely. Um, couldn't agree more with that. Uh, we'll leave it at that. Um, Chargers. They uh, they shocked the Packers. I see Get it? There. Yeah, I got it. Because the char because the Chargers shocked things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beat them by what? Fifteen? Uh, I think it was yeah twenty six eleven. I want to say the final was so yeah. And I think they were up more than that. I thought they were up like twenty six to three at some at one point. Yeah, I think it was nineteen nothing for sure. Um, Which so. is uh, I mean. Green Bay coming off of what looked like a really hot stretch there. And, I mean, they just completely shut them down. A team that I thought was pretty much dead and not really trying anymore in the Chargers goes in and actually, you know, shuts down the Packers. Kind of, from my end, shows me what the Packers actually are. I mean, right. you have it here. They're, the record is a lot better than what we think their talent level is. Well, I mean, I'll say this, right? I, and I said it last week. Um, Green Bay was seven and one. Uh, they're seven and two now. You have to respect their record, um, even though you and I might not think they're as good as that record indicates. Um, right. it, you still, you're doing something right to get those wins. Now, for me, I actually picked the Chargers to win this game. And uh, the reason I did that is, again, a lot of aspirations. Um, I think before they had a lot of the injuries, they were a team that I was considering picking coming out of the AFC for the Super Bowl. So we know there's talent there. Um, and also, when you get to this point in the year, I think we touched on this last podcast, you have teams like the Eagles, you have teams like the Chargers, the Steelers, that were in a situation this week where, hey, it's win or your season is you know, basically over. Uh, kind of a back-against-the-wall situation. And I think the Chargers come off an emotional victory where uh, the Bears miss a field goal last week. They get the win. They, you know, get a little bit of momentum going. Probably had a great week of practice. You come in, Green Bay goes on the road, a place where they've struggled here in, in the last few years. Rodgers looked off. Um, even Devontae Adams returns and uh, didn't really matter. Big win for the Chargers. I still think Green Bay is going to be very difficult to catch. Um, certainly as we get to Minnesota and, and dropping a game that I just felt they couldn't lose um, in order to win the North. But, uh, yeah, it's great that Green Bay lost. Um, still think they're a, a solid team. I believe they come home this week um, against, uh, I think it's somebody okay. But, uh, yeah, anyways, Chargers win. That's good. Vikings fans are happy about that. At least something went well on Sunday. Right, so uh, just a... To... Just a touch base on you know the Vikings losing a game that you know we I think we both think that would have been a perfect spot to try to make up ground against Green Bay, and it hurts not to have it is a uh, the the tiebreaker between yeah. clubs in the division head to head obviously so uh, if we're gonna have a chance we're gonna need to beat them head to head they're gonna need to drop I think another divisional game at some point so a sweep in our division from here on out gets you the same division. Um, percentage and then it's common games right yeah so that's what this was one of the common games and we lost it yeah you know um i mean obviously end of the season I, I mean it, it works out because we, they lost to the chargers they also lost the eagles we beat the eagles beat the eagles yeah but so yeah I this mean, was a big this was a big loss for minnesota there's there's no doubt about it however for the wild card race not necessarily the worst thing because it's the non-conference opponent 
when you get to the wildcard tiebreakers, it goes head-head if, if applicable, then conference record, and then I think common games after that. So, um, okay. like I said, like, like I, say, I, I, I think this is Green Bay's division to lose at this point, as odd as that sounds, but um, if we are really slotted for a wildcard slot, I think we're in reasonable position to do so. We have the game on Eagles. Um, we have a chance to get the game on Dallas. We have a chance to get the game on the Seahawks. That's like three of the six others I think might be vying for this. Um, and you got to feel pretty good about that. That's all in front of you. You just got to go and take care of your business. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, as we transition here, I, I still am optimistic this team can make the playoffs. Um, this loss just kind of shifted uh, expectations a little bit, and, and obviously I'll elaborate that on uh, a little bit further here as we break it down, but um, I, I agree with you. I think that the Vikings are, are certainly headed for a wild card berth at a minimum, uh, but I really felt great about winning the division, uh, seeing the Chargers beating Green Bay this week and expecting that we could go in and, and win a, a, a road game against uh, a good football team, but when you're being led by Matt Moore and not Patrick Mahomes, um, I think that's just a game they had to have. Absolutely, and it definitely hurts losing a, a game like that against a weekend opponent. But, yeah, you know, you can't win them all, obviously. Um, but uh, before we get into the, the, the straight recap, let's let's take a little break here, and uh, we'll come back. We'll talk some Vikings-Chiefs recap and get into maybe a little bit of Dallas. All right, and we are back talking Vikings-Kansas City recap. Kansas City beating the Vikings 26-23. Um Tough loss. I think it was pretty, pretty complete loss. I think every single phase left a lot on the table, um, and you just you can't do that. I mean, one phase falling down, you can you can recover. All three phases, actually four, because you include coaching in that, and it's just it it's it's painful to watch this game. Like you said earlier, um, in our messages pre-show, it, it's a frustrating loss, and I think. That's a great way to describe it. I think any fan sees this as completely frustrating loss because you see the stuff we left out there. You see the stuff that in the month of October we were hitting on. We were hitting on the dig deep routes, the, the digs deep routes. We weren't giving up um, this kind of rushing attack. We weren't giving up these big plays. And I think Hill had like three or four big receptions, 91-yard um, TD. Um, we'll get into the defense later, but it's it's just frustrating, man. Yeah, I, I think it was uncharacteristic. Um, I, I think we gave up a 40, 41, 30-yard pass to Tyreek, three of them there. Obviously, gave up a 91-yard run uh, for a touchdown, which uh, Zimmer said he thinks is the longest run he's ever given up uh, from a coaching standpoint. So we had done a decent job at limiting big plays. Uh, but for me, again, it, it, was just, it didn't look like the Vikings team we watched the last four weeks. The offense... Um, it didn't look like they had a really clear plan. Uh, we weren't doing what had won us the last four weeks. That resulted in, I think, uh, Cousins checking the ball down a little bit more often. It felt like um, he was almost being forced to throw to certain reads because that was the design of the play call. And um, rather than sit back and let this offense develop uh, against the defense that you know was missing some pieces and has struggled uh, over the last couple of years, um, what was going on there? It took forever to get Delvin Cook. You and I jokingly wondering if he was in the in the game. It just um, I think across the board you, you throw the Bailey missed extra point, the defense big plays we mentioned. Um, I know for me, I, I I basically not reading up on it last night, which is what I'm normally doing after watching a game, going on Twitter, um, getting the reaction. I just needed to kind of walk away. Uh, yep. I'm going to spend this week. You know, I got deer hunting, as as I'm sure many of the listeners do. Uh, and then also, you know, the Gophers play Penn State, uh, really big football game in, in Minnesota as well, biggest one in, in you know, probably over 50 years. Um, so something to look forward to there. And then you get another chance uh, to kind of, you know, eliminate the demons on a, a prime time game as we're going to get to. So um, I just had to walk away extremely frustrating, especially given the four game stretch that we were coming off of. Huge positive note, though, Mike. You got your sweet camo Viking skull hunter hat going on from uh, from uh, what are they called? Uh, Soda Stick Co. Yep, 
Yep. Got great stuff over there. Um, not sponsor or anything. They, they just they, they just got great stuff. I got got one of those skull stickers on the back of my truck. It's it's glorious. Anyway, they do. Yeah, we digress. Um, but yeah, so I, I think as we outline leading into this, this loss obviously isn't the end of the road, but it's one that it was that would have been nice to have. Um, I, I think part of the, part of the reason why uh, maybe the offense went kind of off the rails is Adam Thielen re aggravating his injury. So, yeah. to me, I think that's the biggest deal out of this game is, yeah, you're going to win some, you're going to lose some. We didn't plan on losing this game based on all the stuff coming into it, but you go into this game, you lose Adam, I think, first series, and now his status for Dallas is in doubt, um, potentially even further beyond that. You know, it, it took him a couple weeks to get up to speed for this. If he re- re-aggravated and injured it more, um, you know, that could be significant hindrance for the Vikings trying to make a push at the later part of the season. Yeah, that was a big loss. Um, you know, it's it's. I gotta imagine they were envisioning that, that Diggs was gonna have a bigger role than he did, and I think when Thielen went out, it allowed Kansas City to alter their coverage, uh, really focus on Diggs. You know, we saw Treadwell have a nice game. Uh, BC Johnson had the touchdown. You know, we saw other players step up, um, but overall, I think you're right that it did play a pretty big factor into the game plan. Um, but our ability to adjust from there uh, was a bit concerning. And then, uh, I guess, focusing on the injury initially, you know, it was almost reported that he could have played if it was a playoff game last week. And for me, he came in, played, what, a couple plays, and then ultimately took himself out of the game because something didn't feel right. Uh, that, to me, is is concerning. Um, you know, obviously, I, I trust Sugarman and, and the... Uh, the Vikings staff, but man, you would think that if there was any chance of re-injury, you're not going to have a star player like that go out. Right. Certainly against a team that's without a star quarterback, um, you, you've got to envision that uh, we would have had a different game plan going in if they knew Thielen was going to be out. Um, maybe you focus on Dalvin a little bit more, but I guess the whole point here is if they thought for a, any chance that he was going to have a chance to re-aggravate that injury. Why was he out there? Period. Right. It, it, I mean, you like you said, you can game plan around him not being there, but you you can't really game plan for him not being there for several weeks. You need to get him healthy and get him back. And now that's a huge question mark going into the latter half of the season. Where now you really need to start picking up wins to stay pace. Yeah, and it's a tough so, schedule. Yeah, it, I mean, it doesn't get any easier from here on out. We have four out of the, the next seven are primetime games. And they're prime time yeah. for a reason. They're they're tough opponents. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know what to do with that. It's it's troubling. Um, but what's honestly a little bit more troubling to me is apparently I didn't I didn't actually listen to any pressers, but apparently Zimmer directed the offense to run more in the second half. Did I hear that right? Uh, I don't know. I didn't. Because I didn't if, if that, that if that is actually the case, if, if that was actually the case, and that's real. That is very concerning because he should not be doing that. Either you right. trust your offensive coordinator or you don't. You sticking your hand into that pot and saying, "No, I want to try to force the run more," is not helping your team. You got to yeah. trust them. You got to let them be aggressive. You got to let that offensive coordinator be himself. And I, I get it. The first half we didn't like the play calling, but I'm sorry, <laughs> running for it on second and thirteen ain't it, fam? And then running for it on third and ten after that. Also, is not it. I, I just don't get it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm kind of torn on that one because I, I agree with you uh, for the most part. But then, you know, I look at you and I going, where the hell is Dalvin Cook? You know, what are what are we doing here? Um, so what was the gravity of that actual conversation? Was it uh, as simple as, hey, what the hell are you doing? Why aren't we getting Dalvin more involved? Or was it... Uh, more matter of fact, like, hey, we are going to run the ball. I need to see us running the football. No questions asked more in the second half. Um, you know, I, th- I think part of that, you know, is we're never going to know the extent of that conversation. Um, so I guess I can see it either way, you know. Well, if, if it's the latter of those two scenarios, that's a problem. Right. Yeah. Because, yeah. because what, what, what OC wants to stay here when he's going to have a directive like that? That's fair, um, but again, I think that you're probably taking something that's 
coming out in the yeah. media without a lot of factual evidence and um, yeah I, I understand that but i mean it's i don't know it's it's frustrating to watch that kind of play calling and and to see it really not get better in the second half like you knew Theon wasn't going to be there you have to make some adjustments to start moving the ball yeah you know it's frustrating and it's also a big problem when the quant treadwell is your best wide receiver Three for five, fifty-eight with the highest grade on offense. I, I don't, I, yeah, yeah. Just like we all predicted, right, Mike? Yeah. Uh, last note, I think I well, two last note. O line was just dominated all day. I, I can't defend any of their play. Uh, just bad across the board. There's no other way to put it. Yeah. Complete domination. Well, you're the line guy, so uh, I'm just gonna. Just gonna go there, and we don't need to elaborate on it. They got to be better, especially when playing against half backups. Um, all right, now this is the point of contention between you and I. Um, I say Kirk Cousins failed when his number was called, and you don't. Yeah. Okay, you explain yourself, and I'll explain myself after that. Um, I, I think, and I don't know if you changed the terminology on this this appreciate or not, but I think my frustration was. Uh, in, in my mind, Cousins is not directly responsible um, or even anywhere near directly responsible for the loss this week. Uh, he, you know, he threw for three scores. Um, did he miss digs on a deep ball? Yes. But keep in mind that you've been one to advocate on how difficult those deep passes are. Yeah. Um, you know, so yeah, he definitely missed that throw. You, you know, you'd love to have that one on the road. Um, there were a couple of short throws that were also missed. Uh, he did check the ball down a little bit more, but again, it felt different than watching cousins against the Chicago against some of these games where he was clearly, um, you know, we felt uh, responsible for the loss. This right. felt like a systematic play calling failure. Um, he didn't, you know, he didn't throw any interceptions. Um, I just felt that they were calling plays where he dropped back through a quick slant, dropped back through that screen. Um, where was, you know, rolling him out? Where was dropping back, letting him uh, let digs get open, let some of these players, you know, get open downfield. And I understand you're saying the old line was dominated. Um, but well, to that, me, that's, that's why you have the rollouts. Right. And, and so for me, I just think that Cousins wasn't put in a great position to succeed from a play calling standpoint. And so then, uh, you know, what do you want for him? We, you know, we got the ball, you're right, with two minutes, 30 seconds. The three plays that we called, I thought were horrible. Didn't give him a chance to go down uh, and win the football game. And so that's where I'm at with it. Uh, I don't think Cousins, I'm still feeling like, you know, he's playing at a pretty high level, um, just like he had been the last four weeks. I look forward to next Sunday, a game indoors, uh, prime time, and, you know, another tough test. But for me, Cousins is basically right where he was coming off those last four weeks. Um, I don't pin this one on him at all. I know you're going to touch on the scramble, and, and that one is rightfully so. Uh, if you're going to fault him for anything, that one is, is definitely, you know, where I can see the logic coming in. Here's here's what I say, and, and it's, it's likely that I did not articulate this properly. Um, the blame I put on Cousins is not from what he necessarily did, right? Because I think I'm right there with you. The play calling was was poor enough that it didn't play to his strengths. Um, and if this is the type of quarterback he he is, where you need to have him in the correct play calls, you need to have him in the correct situation. Fine, but we didn't pay for that. We didn't buy that. We bought a quarterback that is supposed to come in and win you this game regardless of the play calls. Otherwise, we should have just stuck with Teddy and and got a game manager because. We didn't. We're not paying for a game manager right now. We're paying for a high quality quarterback that is supposed to win you these close games and take yeah. a two and a half minute drive and no matter what the play call is, make something happen. I, and he and, and we didn't get that. Like I, I understand he didn't lose us the game. He didn't do anything egregious enough to lose us the football game. But he also had a chance to win us the football game at two and a half minutes left. He had the chance to do that, and he didn't do it. Yeah, and I agree with that. I will say that I think the guys that are really good at that, the Aaron Rodgers of the world, the Brady's, those guys are calling their own plays a lot of times in those situations. Right. Um, and I truly believe that those those two minutes, 30 seconds, we get the ball back. 
I don't know what more Cousins could have done because you could tell that the first play was definitely a designed drop back, two steps, quick slant to digs. It got batted down at the line. Terrible play call. Then they ran the screen. Uh, mm-hmm. And then that third down, I mean, you're in what? Third and 17. You're tough there. Um, so I, I just, I can't put that on him. I put it on the play calling. And I agree with you. If he's the one that's out there looking and audibly and making those decisions, all right. But I don't think that was the case here. So Okay, but I, but but this this is my problem with it. Then, then if you don't believe he can do that. Then I do believe he then, can do that. But I don't think he was put in a position to do it. I think they were calling the plays and he didn't have any flexibility right there. Okay, then take the flexibility. Like, just override the play call. Well, I love that, but like, he doesn't seem like that kind of guy. So, okay, but so then that's my point. If if he's not that kind of guy, if he's only going to do what what he's called, then he's never going to be the guy that's going to be given the freedom to do that. Could be because he, because if he doesn't get off script and actually make something happen, where he's like, "No, I didn't like that play call, and here's why I called this," and right. explain it, and they don't give him that latitude and don't give him that trust, he's never going to get it. So he's always going to be the guy that's got to have the correct play call in that situation, and he's never going to be an unregistered well, guy but, that, but, that can take control without proper play calling. Keep in mind, that's though, a problem. keep in mind, I'm thinking, and the slant is the one that threw me off. And if you remember this, listeners, basically what happened, we got up 2 minutes, 30 seconds. You could tell the Kansas City defenders were looking at each other confused. They were yelling, running all over the field. And then Cousins, we were at the line. He took another five, six seconds to snap the ball um, and threw it immediately on a slant round that got batted down at the line. So my problems are when you see the, the defenders are thrown off, get that ball snapped sooner than later. Um, and also, why aren't you letting a play develop in that situation in the game? Why are you throwing a slant as opposed to uh, maybe trying to pick up a little bit bigger yardage chunks. I think we've seen us we've seen us be successful in recent weeks right. and that we've gone away from these uh you know the the plays that are safe. You know, you look at that digs throw late in the game that seals the deal um against I think was that the Detroit, Detroit game. Yeah. You know, you, yeah, you take some chances. And I think that's where again these quarterbacks that you see time and time again, Breeze, Brady, Rodgers that come into those situations and win they're completing 17-yard passes. They're doing what Matt Moore did to us when they got the ball. Um, and I just, I, I don't know. It, it felt like Cousins wasn't really given an opportunity to do that. Um, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's just frustration, but I'm just ready to move on. And, and uh, I will tell you one thing. He is without question going to be put into another situation like that this year. Um, and I hope that it is. it looks entirely different on many levels. Yeah, all partners need to be better. He needs to be better making decisions. He needs to be given better play calls. It everything needs to be systematically better. Yeah. Um, so, all right, we'll, we'll move on from that. Um, we'll touch real quickly on here. We already touched on some of these stuff, so just re- touch real quick. Then we'll look forward to to Dallas because at this point, that's all we have. I mean, this is done. It's over with. No yeah. sense lulling here for too long. But special teams, uncharacteristic, complete failure every day. Yeah. I mean, we had a muff punt. Dan Bailey missed an extra point that proved absolutely critical. Meant from being yeah. up four versus up three. That completely changed the makeup at the end of this game. Yeah. Um, and then he had a shanked punt by Britton Colquitt. Um, In the exact moment, you couldn't have a yeah. shanked punt. <laughs> the, like the worst possible moment. So I don't know <laughs> I don't know what you say there. It's that's individual performances by each thing. It's not like a blown um, you know, punt coverage or anything like that. It's just missed kick, missed punt. Did these well, things happen to other teams? Like, I just, it's mind-blowing. I mean, it, it, it sometimes it feels like it doesn't. You know it does because, you, like, you saw, uh, I forget who it was, they missed three field goals, something like that, this week. Another team had, had the kicker miss two. So, obviously, it goes on elsewhere, and I think it's becoming a little bit more common. But, gosh, dang, it just feels like it's happening so much to the Vikings, and they just can't get rid of that curse, which is, again, why why I stand for my... A proposal of you roster no kickers. No, no, God, this is another podcast. Save that for bye week buzz. Okay, we'll save that for bye week buzz. But no uh, kickers, you have no problems. I mean, it makes sense to me. Yeah, special teams failure. Um, as as y'all know, I've been uh, high on Bailey, um, and he's been great lately, right? Uh, I think even you admit someone that's skeptical of kickers. He's been on a great run. Um, certainly, I've been praising Colquitt, uh, and. <laughs> 
you know, he fails us in, in the moment of need. And then jokingly, I said we were due for a muff punt. Uh, and sure <laughs> enough, literally said it, I think like, <laughs> like 20 seconds before it happened. Sure enough, we get, we get the muff punt. So, uh, yeah, Ugh. every aspect of special teams was a failure. And then you look across the board, we're going to transition to defense briefly here. It's like, we still got the ball in a position to win, even with all of these things that went wrong. Um, yeah. And I think that that's the most frustrating piece, right? There were ample opportunities at across every level, offense, defense, special teams, to win this football game, and they all failed. Yep. And for me, I mean, I felt like the D-line was actually pretty dominant in this game. Yeah, they were getting like, pressure. Yeah. Like, save for that one 91-yard rush, which is like, okay, you, you miss one tackle on the defense. The linebackers, I don't know where they were in that. Maybe they were blitzing. I forget exactly what happened that play. Then Anthony Harris just gets made to look like a fool, and he's gone. Um, yeah. It's I mean, you, t- you take away that, it's like they held him to seven yards rushing beyond that one play yep. where it was yep. a missed tackle. So you can't really fault that. I mean, we forced – two or three fumbles um, on Moore. Didn't recover either of them, but we forced some fumbles there. We were in his face. I think we had like three sacks in the day. So D-line was decent, but God, what are we doing with coverages? I don't understand it. I don't get it. Yeah. Like, I don't understand why you don't have safety help on Hill more often. I don't get it. Well. I just, it, it's, it's baffling to me. This guy is ridiculously quick. Well, you look at that first touchdown, and and uh, you know someone can tell us that we're wrong, but it, it looked like uh, Harrison Smith didn't kind of back cover that. Um, you know, it, it looked like that was actually the draw, and Moore made a hell of a pass, and and Hill made even a better catch. But uh, Harrison looked like he should have been over the top, and he wasn't there. Um, and then you look at the end of the game. And you basically leave Tyreek uncovered because you're so determined that they're just going to run the ball and call timeout. And they complete a 10-yard pass, which turns it from a uh, 55-yard field goal into a 45, 44, or whatever. Um, here's here's my other part with that. Like, we brought the house there. We blitzed, like, seven. To me, I'm not rushing more than three. No. I'm sitting back there with four guys in coverage and four linebackers on the field. Right. Like, it's, what in the hell are you doing? You you cover the middle. Like, they have a timeout. They're going to throw across the middle if they can, and it's going to be soft. I, like, I, I, I do not understand the play call at all. That is, that's the biggest failure of a play call in Vikings history of Zimmer, I, in I, my I opinion. Think, I think that's Zimmer's overconfidence that they were, they were going to run the ball. You know, I, I think that he... Uh, was so confident they're going to run the ball. They tried to bring everyone so that they could get him for a loss in the backfield, uh, which would have taken it, you know, all of a sudden a sixty-yard field goal. Um, but you just can't risk giving up giving up the ten-yard pass there because you know a fifty-five-yard field goal is difficult to make. His career long was fifty-four, which I believe he made in the first half of this game. So um, yeah, frustrating again. Every aspect, we throw coaching in there. This was just a failure. All right. I'm sick and tired of, of looking at the failure. Let's look ahead to next week. I'm done looking back at this week. This this week is a, almost a burn the tape type of week. It's Everything went wrong. You burn the tape. You, you look forward. You, you build towards next week. So, um, Next week, Dallas, Sunday Night Football. Yeah. I mean, I, I can already tell my mood is changed a little bit because the joke I put in here is kind of kind of funny. Like, I don't know, we'll be in the building at least. So, yeah. <laughs> I think based on what I'm seeing here against the Giants, I think we'll be highly competitive in this game. I also saw Dallas gives up like the 29th um, worst, uh, so like the most um, uh, what do you call it? Explosive passing plays. So those should be there. They should be there. You should see Diggs, Diggs feast, and maybe BC get involved a little bit. They should be there. So, right. You know, opportunities are going to be there. The question is, can we take advantage? Yeah. Um, you know, I really liked the Dallas matchup coming in. Um, felt a lot of confidence. Again, was hoping that we were going to be riding a five-game win streak. Um, but you know, Dallas has some weapons. Obviously, their defense is is pretty strong. I think. Uh, they're right behind New England and and uh, San Francisco for defensive rating this year. Um, 
So they'll they'll be ready to play, and then they've got you know Zeke, Amari, Dak. You've got some weapons on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, nice thing is it is indoors, um, and, but it is a primetime game, and it's going to be at least against a 500 team, if not a team that's two games above 500. Uh, remains to be seen. I don't. I think the last time I tried to get a score update, they were showing a black cat running through the end zone in New York. So I'm not really sure what the hell's going uh, on. New York 12, um, Dallas 3. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be a tough matchup, right? It's, it's prime time. It's, it's Chris and Al, I believe. Um, you know, it's, it's the, the quintessential game that cousins can't win, you know, a a road game against the playoff team. Um, I, I just, I don't know. It's, it's tough to, you know, the, the realist in me, uh, wants to be like, ah, I think we're better, you know, we're better than Dallas. Like we should be able to go in and get that game. Um, but at the same time, we never win these games. So, uh, I don't know. It's tough. It'll be fun. I'm excited to watch, but you know, it's going to be a long week to get there. One thing I will say about this, I, I don't think that uh, this Vikings team is, is a team that I think is ever going to really have back-to-back losses this year. Just by one, <laughs> the way the schedule is breaking down and just kind of how I feel they react to some of these, um, to some of these games. I mean, we're saying it's a complete total failure. What do you think the coaches are saying today in the meeting right. rooms? I mean, they're saying the same as we are, except they're harping more like, you missed this assignment, you missed this, you messed this up, we messed up this goal, we messed up this goal. Everyone's got to be better. I think, honestly, we, we go out there and, and we punch them in the mouth to start this game. That's just the kind of how I feel it. And All right. But, yeah, I don't know. It's... Uh, I think the indoor game is going to be huge because, honestly, I'm a believer in the conspiracy theory that Kirk can't really play outdoors. Right. I don't know. It could be it. It could be that. Could be the difference. Um, but one last point I want to mention here in Dallas, and anything else you want to mention here. But uh, so my preseason prediction. So we make the on-air prediction. I also do one at at, uh, at work. So I have a schedule at work. I'm hanging where I update the schedule every week. Before we start, like, end of preseason, before the regular season starts, I mark down, realistically, what I think the wins and losses are. Up at this point, I had us losing to Detroit. I had us losing, um, who did I have us losing to? I had us, I had us at 6-3, and alright? So I had us losing to Detroit. I had us losing to Kansas City at this point. And, uh, I forget the other third game I had lost, but... We're six and three. We're right on with my initial prediction, but for some reason it feels worse. I think it's because that loss to Kansas City was with Mahomes in mind. Right. That's it. So, I mean, that's a hundred percent it. Um, but yeah, we're we're on pace for that, and it was eleven and five prediction. I think we're still heavily on pace for that. If you know, as long as the wheels don't completely fall off this cart, we're gonna get there. Well, I mean, yeah, we'll we'll see. Obviously, you've got at Dallas and at Seattle, um, and then you still got uh, Green Bay and Chicago. Um, you know, so you've got some work to do. But I agree with you. I think eleven and five is attainable. Uh, but they need to start winning some of these games. You know, on the road in prime time, um, the margin of error is getting smaller. Let's let's leave it at that. Hundred percent agree. Um... I mean, we got to keep pace with a lot of teams in the NFC at this point to even be in the conversation towards the end of the week, end of the the week year. Um, and in some cases, I think we got to take a step forward in our record. We can't just keep this pace. I think we got to be eleven and five, and that might not even make it on tiebreakers this year. The NFC is a very strong conference this year. So, yeah. Um, anything left here before we get into score predictions, Mike? Uh no, nothing for me. All right, Mike. What do you got? Vikings at Jerry World. At Jerry World, um, you know, I just I can't I can't pick Cousins and this team to win that game right now. Uh, maybe if we would have got it done against the Matt Moore team on the road, um, still a good team, but a team that was missing a lot of players. Um, I think they were starting to change the narrative, not only for me, but. Uh, nationally and amongst a lot of fans, and they didn't get it done. So, um, again, I, I need to see more. I need to see more wins in, in those caliber of games so that I can start picking it with confidence. Uh, so 
I'm going to say 27 to 20 Dallas wins. Wow. Can't even, can't even take us to win the game, Mike. Huh. Just unreal. Unreal, Mike. Yeah. 24-21 Vikings win. Hope you're right. I think we get it done. Um, but, yeah, time is running out. It's 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 running pretty short. <clears throat> there is very little room for error. There's going to be a very good team coming out of the, the NFC West. So if you want to actually compete for that fifth seed, you're going to have an uphill climb. Um, it's likely that the second wild card at this point is going to be a sixth seed, just based on the strength of the teams in the NFC West. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be an interesting uphill climb. Yep. But I will say this. Per my research as of, I think, last year, last time I did it, the number three seed is actually the worst seed to be at for the playoffs. Has the least amount of uh, Super Bowl wins, oddly enough. Can you believe that? Number three seed. Okay. So, we don't want to be a three seed. We'd probably rather be one, two, four, five, or six, other than the three seed. So, maybe it's fine. Maybe it's fine if we don't win the division, if the if the winner of the North would be the three seed. Maybe it's fine. Could be. You might be onto something. I don't know. Just, uh, you know, maybe sometimes that six seed, always being on the road, always being the underdog, is maybe somewhere where we fit in, we thrive, where Kirk can go in there every single week in the huddle and be like, you know what? No one's giving us credit. We got to go out and take this. You know, maybe, maybe that's yeah. what it takes. I yeah. don't know. All right. But we'll find out, right, Mike? Yeah, yeah. I think that's going to do it for us. Once you get any of their notes. That's it. I'm ready for Dallas. Ready for Dallas. Let's go down there. Try to steal a win away from the clutches of uh, of Jerry World. And uh, we'll do it. I'm at Namak7 on Twitter. Uh, Muskie underscore Mike. Uh, we're, we're all over the net. You know, all the iTunes and all that crap. Um, part of the, the Climb in the Pocket Network. Now on Daily Norseman. So... For your listening pleasure, here we are. Um, but that's going to do it for us this week. Till next time. Skull. Skull.